0: So last year we sat here in the Thanksgiving service and I remember Brian saying something like, lots of people are gonna share things that they're thankful for and maybe you're in a place where you don't feel like you have anything to share. And that's where we were a year ago. Um, So we had invited a teen girl to be part of our family and we were trying to adopt her. Uh, She had been through a lot of hard stuff in her life and she brought all that with her. So, by Thanksgiving, we were going through more really hard stuff with her. By March, it became pretty clear that this girl did not want, really, to be part of our family.
1: I'd say my biggest struggle has been with depression and substance abuse. Starting in high school, I developed a low self-esteem, in part due to a toxic relationship, and I turned to self-harm as a way of coping. I'd always been really outgoing and I had some really great friends, but this doubt about myself crept in and quickly turned to, honestly, a hatred that I couldn't shake.
2: I remember I was born in California prematurely, two and a half months. Since I was born prematurely, they couldn't take me home that day. I was like, laying down in like basically an incubator, all the machines connected to me, showing my vitals, seeing how I was doing. So, I never got to meet my birth parents because I was adopted basically the day of I was born. When I was born, the hospital gave my parents a call and they came in, came to see me right away.
3: You know, when we, when we let her go, um, that was one of the hardest times we've been through in a long time. And there's a huge amount of guilt that comes with that. Um, shame, honestly, of, of failing. We really believed that we had failed her. And we did our best, but our best wasn't what she needed. I felt like
1: I was living a double life. I felt totally isolated. I would mask up and act like everything was fine to avoid questions, but inside I felt like I was suffocating. I got into drugs, I would drink to try to numb the pain and fit in at parties, but before too long I wasn't just drinking at parties.
2: When I was like 15, I remember I went up to my dad at one point asked him, like, I was talking to him about meeting my birth mother, and he was super supportive through it, instantly got on board, just, like, next day, hopped on Facebook, typed out, like, basically an essay, like, saying, hey, this is Dan, we adopted your son when he was born, wanted to know how you were doing, he was learning how you were doing, hoping you'd get back as soon as you can. So, when I didn't hear back, it was somewhat sad, because I never, got to meet her ever. And being there was no reply, I was like kind of sad, wondering, is she still like out there somewhere in the world, hopefully thinking about how I'm doing with my now parents.
3: A lot of anger, some at ourselves, certainly probably at her, at the folks who placed her with us, without really the preparation that we needed in order to have a chance of succeeding, I think. A lot of frustration, a lot of stress, and then COVID. At my lowest point, I was living with my brother in the Oakley house after a
1: rough breakup. I was drinking daily and struggling with the worst season of self-harm I'd ever experienced. I was suicidal, I was hospitalized twice in those few months. My brother had to call the police on me when I was unmanageable, I lost my job. The elders at Cornerstone asked me to move out of the Oakley house when I refused help and I almost lost my life.
4: Good morning, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to our thankful Sunday here at Cornerstone. It's a little different as we're not all together in the room, but we've got some great stories to share with you today. But I'd like to start with a quote. It's actually a very old quote. Some people date it all the way back to Plato, but it's full of wisdom. It says this, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Now, that's a great message, but there's a lot of truth in there. People. Are struggling, right? And people always struggle, and we need to keep that in mind. And right now, I think the struggle is is very significant and great in people's lives. Right now, everyone we kind of run into, including ourselves, all of us, no matter where it is that we are today, um, wherever we're at in life, wherever we're watching this message, we're all struggling. And it's not just that we're struggling with one thing; we're struggling with many things. We're not just fighting one battle; we're fighting many battles. Which also means that there is incredible potential for God to bring about hopeful stories over and over and over again in our lives, because that's what God does. He works in the midst of those stories. But we are struggling at many different levels. We have a lot of different things going on in our lives. So for example, there are a lot of people right now that are in the middle of relational struggles. There are people that are in the middle of significant financial struggles. There are others that are in the middle of a crisis of faith. Uh, We have kids struggling without home learning. And if we're really honest, we have parents struggling without home learning. Back in March, when at-home learning started, so it was the first day uh, of the first week of at-home learning, I walked out of my office that morning, and I looked at Elise, and she just looked tired and worn out and just desperate, and looked at, she looked at me and said, I can't do this anymore, speaking of being an at-home teacher to our sons, and I know myself, But trying to be the supportive husband I was, I quickly ran into my office on the way saying, if you need me, you can find me in my office until June. (laughs) I mean, we all have our different ways of coping with the things that are going on, but we're all struggling. And some of these struggles right now, this is hopeful, they're moving towards a resolution, they're coming to an end. You can see them being resolved in the future, but there are, are many people who are in the midst of battles and struggles that are just now getting started. You're on the front side of a very hard road that you have to walk. So whether, as you heard in the video, it's a young adult dealing with addiction and moving through the wounds of his past, or a young man questioning his identity and working through those big questions about who he is and his value, or if it's an older couple that's just worn out by the, all the disappointments of life that have mounted over the years. We're all working through different things. We all have our own stuff going on. And then, as we all know, you put on top of all that the struggles of COVID. We're dealing with that in different ways, but we're all kind of in that same mess. All of us, I think, are hoping that this will come to a resolution soon. We're all pining after information about these hopefully future vaccines, and we want to know how quick they will come because we want this struggle, this battle to be over. We're frustrated, we're confused, we're angry, we're lonely, and there are many people grieving different losses in their life. We have an entire society besides our own personal struggles that's dealing with trauma from this event that's taken place. Never seen anything like it before. All of this makes it really hard to be thankful this year. Many of you are separated from your loved ones this week. It's really hard to be thankful. But we do know that someday this will be over. Even next year, we will look back at this time and maybe smile. We'll say, Do you remember last Thanksgiving when everything was closed, when we couldn't be with our loved ones? It was a terrible time, but we're so grateful that now we get to be together. I can promise you that this struggle will end. And gratitude, even over COVID, is coming in the future. We're going to look back at this time with perspective and actually find things to be thankful for if you haven't already. So I just want to identify that it's hard to be grateful, it's hard to be thankful this year, but I can tell you there's much to be thankful for right now, but your gratitude is coming. Now, perspective is a gift. Perspective is one of those things that actually helps us get to the place of gratitude. And by the way, we've talked about this over the years, gratitude leads to joy. And so perspective, looking back at something that's been resolved, we've gone through something long enough that we're able to see the end from the beginning, that perspective can lead to gratitude that can lead to joy. Something is far enough in the past that you're able to reflect on it and see what was gained during that time. Usually in the middle of a trial, all we're thinking about is what we're losing. But perspective allows us to see what we've gained. So perspective is an important part of gratitude. And it's why the Bible over and over again is reminding uh, all of us to remember what it was like before. To look back with perspective. And so you get in the Old Testament, one of the themes of the book of Deuteronomy is God is telling the Jewish people, remember what it was like to be slaves. You get into the New Testament, Paul over and over again is saying, remember what it was like to be foreigners and aliens and separated from the promises of God. Said, but God has done something. Remember, have perspective. Perspective and remembering is a necessary part of gratitude. And so maybe that's all you have this Thanksgiving is you look back on the things that God has done. And hopefully you spent some time this week, quiet reflection or maybe sharing with loved ones or or sharing with friends the things that you're grateful for. It's popular this week to spend our time trying to be very grateful for what we have and who we are and to let that mean more to us than what we don't have or who we're not. So maybe you took one of those moments. And you found yourself thankful for what God has done and what God is making in you or has made in you. And if you really go even further, you begin to reflect on what your life would be like without those blessings. So this is what we do during Thanksgiving. This is good to do. I mean, gratitude is one of those virtues, as we've talked about here at Cornerstone, that leads to blessing in our own life. And there's just inherent things that come with it. And so a grateful heart is someone that's usually healthier. They sleep better. They add years to their life. And they live on a daily basis with more joy and peace regardless of what trials they're going through. And so gratitude is, this, in a sense, a medicine for the struggle. But that's not the main reason we're called to be grateful. We're called to be grateful because God loves our gratitude. I know that many of you listening, the Lord means a lot to you. Jesus is your best friend. God has fathered you through many seasons of life. The Holy Spirit is is the one that allows you to commune with God on a daily basis. He is a friend on a daily basis. God means a lot to you. Did you know that God loves your gratitude? He loves your praise, but gratitude is a type of praise. It's a type of faith. It's a type of worship. We often forget this. We often forget that God is the most relational being in the whole universe. And just as everyone who is relational loves to be grateful. God is actually the most grateful being in the universe, but he loves our gratitude as well. He loves to be appreciated. He loves to be recognized for the things that he's doing and has done in our life and will do. And so that's why in the scriptures, God is the one that's inspiring these things. And it's not just for our own good, but he says things like this because he loves gratitude. Psalm chapter 106, praise the Lord. We worship. Here's a type of worship give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. Give thanks. Type of worship. God loves to hear it. Psalm 7, verse 17 I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness, and I will sing the praises of his name, of the Lord most high. God loves to be recognized for his righteousness. He loves to be recognized for his goodness. He loves gratitude. Now, whether it's gratitude for a person here on earth or for the Lord in our life, gratitude recognizes that not everything that's good about us is simply due to ourselves. Gratitude recognizes that we are not the sole authors of our life. Gratitude uh, recognizes that we are not in control of our life, that we can't bring all the things into our life that we want and we need. We're not responsible for all of those blessings. Gratitude recognizes that we are, um, in large part, simply uh, grateful, reliant on God to bring these things into our life. It's due to someone else. Gratitude recognizes that there's someone, specifically God behind the scenes, writing out our story and your story, and he's taking all of these struggles and he's turning them into hope and he's giving us that beautiful gift that someday we look back with perspective and we say, look what he did. God is working all things for good, for the good of those that love him. Now, when it comes to saying thank you, we can't delegate this away to anybody else. Now, we're in a culture that's condi- continually conditioning us to recognize what we don't have and to be ungrateful and to want more. So it requires spiritual power to stop and to just be content and to say thank you. But this is our job to do with the Lord. No one else can do it for us. The last week I've been listening to a really amazing podcast. It's called The Zev Project. Many of you have not heard of it, but if you've been a part of the Cornerstone community at any point in the last two years, you've you're familiar with the content of this podcast. It's a podcast all about little Zev Hauser, told by his mother. And if you remember, Zev was the little boy that was born almost two years ago, January of 2019, at 23 weeks. The fact that Zev survived childbirth was a miracle. The fact that he lived one day was a miracle. The fact that he made it a whole week was a miracle. The fact that he made it a month and a year was a miracle and now he's getting ready to celebrate his second birthday. And this podcast, it's just the up and down and it's the raw emotion and the raw story of what it's like to have a baby in that place. And the fears that come with that time for a mother and a father and an entire community that loves this family. It was just so difficult for us here at Cornerstone. We were so worried. So it's so neat to go back and listen to the podcast. But you know what the podcast is? The podcast is for Ben and Stephanie Hauser. It is an expression of gratitude to God. Now, they are quick to say, and they say early on in the first podcast, that they did nothing to deserve this miracle. They didn't pray harder. Their faith didn't earn them anything. In fact, there were babies there in the NICU that had better odds of living, that were in better health than Zev, that didn't survive. People were praying for those babies as well. They had nothing to do with this miracle, but it did happen. And so they're thanking God. They're the only ones that can thank God for the blessings he's poured into their life. I get to thank God for what he's done in my life. But gratitude is not something we can ask someone else to do on our behalf. And so the Housers are telling the story and this beautiful experience that they get to share with us. But it's their creative expression of gratitude towards God. I encourage you to look it up. It's called The Zev Project. Listen to all the episodes. It will, it will make you smile. It will give you hope. Beautiful story. This Friday, we shared with you a story in our Friday email. Another amazing story where Tim and Emily O'Brien share their story of gratitude. It's their expression of thanking God for what he did for their family. It's a story of how the Lord healed their daughter, Nicola, from a, a, a deadly... Food allergy that a few moments in her life almost took her life. That story is their expression of gratitude. And what's so neat, just like the podcast, because it's it's recorded or written down or told, it can be shared with others. So let me ask you this: What is it that you can be grateful for today? What is it that needs to be written down? What is it that needs to be shared? What is it that needs to be celebrated? Because I can tell you, God is still doing amazing things in the middle of a struggle. Psalm 107 verse 8 says this, but let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And doesn't this sound like Zev's story and Nicola's story, for his wonderful deeds for humankind. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful deeds. God is still doing wonderful deeds in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a struggle. We share these stories with you to give you hope, to keep you grateful. Now next year, When we're back in this room, or maybe we'll be in our new auditorium at at that time, we're going to be able to go back to our old tradition where people walk up here and they share in the mic the things that they're grateful for, for what God's done that year. I'm looking forward to that time. Looking forward to how we look back on the rest of this year with gratitude. But as I kind of wrap up here, I want to encourage you not just to find uh, gratitude for what God has done in the past, but I think the message for today is how is it that we can be grateful today in the middle of the struggle? I'm interested in giving thanks, being grateful in the middle of a battle that's not yet resolved. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything or in any situation. And you could add, do not be fearful, do not be sad. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That this is what we're meant to do with the emotions that come with a the battle. This is, these are the things we're meant to do with the emotions that come with the struggle. We're to bring them to the Lord. We're to pray and to ask God for help. But what is the posture we come with? With thankfulness. Present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is what he's saying. He's saying there's a, a chance, there's a possibility to be grateful in the midst of the struggle. You can be thankful in the midst of your anxiety and in the midst of your depression, your loneliness, your grieving. This is a different type of gratitude. It's not the gratitude that comes from perspective, it's the gratitude that comes from faith. I trust that what I'm experiencing and seeing right now is not all there is. You could say it this way. How can we trust that God is working things out in your life for good? when you don't see God working? How can you trust in the providence of God when you don't yet have perspective? How is it that you can wait for the renewal of God, the renewal that God promises when everything seems dark? How is it that you can trust and be thankful for the beauty that he's forming in you, which is what happens during struggles when you're just a great big mess? See, this is faith. And this is where gratitude in the present comes from. Even though God, I can't see God working, I know he is. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the way God is guiding me, even though I don't yet see the resolution. I'm grateful for the way God is bringing renewal in my life, even though everything seems dark. I know that someday the light will come. I'm grateful for the the way God is changing me, the person he's forming in me, even when I'm making mistakes. That's gratitude in the present. That's gratitude in the middle of the struggle when it's not yet been resolved. There is no perspective. This is an incredible type of gratitude. The first type of gratitude, the one with perspective, you know what you're grateful for? You're grateful for the the resolution. You're grateful for the blessings that come on the far side. But gratitude in the present, you know what you're grateful for? You're grateful for the giver. And you're grateful for the giver's presence in your life. So nothing's yet been resolved. The blessings have not yet come. But the ultimate blessing is the giver himself who is faithful to stay with you. And so if we go back and we think about gratitude in the present with Psalm 106 and Psalm 17 we read earlier. Think of it this way. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good right now. He hasn't shown us yet how he's going to be good with this situation. But we know he is. We're grateful right now. His love endures forever, which means today. Psalm 7, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. This is a trait of God that is true today. We can be grateful in the present. It's one thing to be grateful for what's happened. It's another thing to be grateful for what's happening. I think this is the message for us today, Cornerstone how can we be grateful for what's actually happening? Name the struggle, name the battle. And even though you can't see God working, even though you don't see how he's going to bring it to resolution, even though you don't see the good that's coming about in your own life, the renewal that's coming, thank him for it because it's coming. I think this is the brilliance of uh, the timing of Abraham Lincoln's declaration on October 3rd, 1863. Around making Thanksgiving a national holiday, this was his brilliance. It was in the middle of our country's worst war, during one of its worst years. I mean, everyone was suffering. Everyone was was afraid. Everything was uncertain. And his declaration was for a day where we would all stop to be grateful—not for what was coming, not for what God had done in the past, but for God Himself who he reminded the country was still present with us. See, this is the brilliance. We can be grateful in the middle of a storm when there is no resolution because it's gratitude for God himself, a God that's always working on our behalf. So I want you just for a moment to imagine what it is that God might be doing in your life can use your imagination i want you for a moment to imagine what you might be able to share this time next year at our thankful sunday service because you can be assured that god is working what is it that he's forming what is it that he's changing what is it that someday you'll look back on and say i'm so grateful for i want you to imagine it now so that you can be grateful in the present Now, as I close my message, I want to uh, let you hear from some of our friends that we heard from just a moment ago, because I can assure you that there is more to come and the best is yet to come as it was true with our friends. Watch this.
0: Yeah. So at the beginning, middle of March, um, Michael got sick. And for six weeks, he was going through waves of what he described as moderately awful. So one day Michael looked at me, and I had been trying to build um, kind of the background for a Christian wellness coaching business. And so he asked me, is there anything I can do to help you with your business? And I said, well, one of the things that I really think is important is gratitude, and I would love to write a gratitude journal, but I don't really have the time and the resources and the... The mental capacity to dig into everything the Bible says about gratitude and thankfulness, but that's where he's gifted. So he started digging into the scriptures, and then we spent several weeks just really immersing ourselves into everything the Bible says about thanksgiving and gratitude and praise.
2: Although it's been pretty hurtful, like not being able to like talk to my birth mother and like catch up over like the 16 years I've never even seen her, so. But I'm still really, really grateful to have my parents, Dan and Alyssa, for supporting me.
1: I was on a 72-hour psych hold and my mom and brother convinced my doctor to release me early so that I could go on my brother's 30th birthday trip to Ireland. It's where I spent my first two weeks of what is now almost four and a half years sober and free from self-harm. I went to therapy, I went to the meetings, I took the risk and I was vulnerable with my family and friends. People that I had hurt and pushed away stuck by me through everything and were truly a living example of God's grace when I couldn't
3: imagine accepting it. What does the Bible really say about gratitude? As we dug in and we found out that gratitude is really about being connected to God's goodness, that turned into this, our our gratitude journal called The Fruit of Gratitude that we've self-published. Since then, we've had the opportunity to walk through this with a number of small groups And it's been amazing to see God work in their lives, awakening them to that same connection, that intimacy, um, using what he'd done in us.
2: I've never been so grateful for what they've done for me out of all the money they've spent and all the time they've worked. It's just been amazing. I couldn't have asked for any more supportive parents than them.
1: People that I had hurt and pushed away stuck by me through everything and were truly a living example of God's grace when I couldn't imagine accepting it. I let them speak truth and life to me even when I didn't want to hear it. I was never asked to leave the church and about a year into my recovery, I was offered a position on staff here running the audio department. I'm thankful for grace and I'm thankful for the people in my life who taught me what that looks like when I didn't make it easy. And I'm thankful for a community that believes in restoration and is willing to walk that beautiful and broken path with me.
0: Working together and connecting and experiencing God in this way, it helped us to thrive. That's kind of become the theme of our year.
3: In the Bible, people don't give thanks to God because they're told to. People in the Bible give thanks because they encountered God's goodness. So we are grateful.
4: Well, I want to thank Michael and Karen and uh, Zeke and Peter for sharing their story. And I can assure you, Cornerstone, you're going to have a story to tell. With actually what's happening right now, you're going to have a story to tell. And I want to thank them for having the courage to share those stories and encouraging us today. Now, as we kind of end our time on Thankful Sunday today, we want to take part in the old practice of remembering and being thankful. We call it Communion. It's a moment where we remember what God has done for us in the past. But as we do that today, we're going to remember what he did for us in the past, his death and his resurrection, how his body was broken for us, his blood was poured out for us so that we might be forgiven and then in return be able to receive new life. But I want you, as we take the elements together, to also be thankful for what the cross, what the gospel means for you right now. It might be the only thing getting you through these tough times the assurance that God is with you, the assurance that God loves you, the assurance that God knows the way through every grave, whatever it is. So we're going to be grateful for what he's done in the past, but we're going to bring that into the future because the gospel needs to be celebrated and lived and relied on right now. And so if you have the elements, you can grab those now. And uh, wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to do this together with us as a church family. And so the bread represents his body. And the night before... Jesus was betrayed and hung on a cross. He took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. This is a sign of his love for you. This is a sign of what he, the way he loves you right now. So let's eat in remembrance of him. And then after that Passover meal, he took the th- third cup of wine. It was the cup of redemption. And it was no coincidence that he was using the cup of redemption because God redeems all that's been lost or broken or stolen. And he took that cup, the cup of redemption, and he held it up. He said, this represents my blood poured out for you. This is the new covenant. This is the covenant we get to experience today. So we don't just remember the past, but we enjoy the covenant we have with the Lord today. Let's drink in remembrance of him. So Father, we just pray a simple blessing on one another. We pray, God, that we would find the inner joy, the inner faith to be grateful right now. Not just for what we have received in the past, not just for what's coming in the future, but for right now. A God who is present in our life and who is faithful. And so we celebrate you today, Father. We are grateful for you. We're grateful for your sacrifice, for your victory. These are the things that make us who we are. We're grateful for all of those things. And we thank you that we get to communion with you On a daily basis, we're grateful and we pray this in Jesus' name. All right, well, as we close, I want to also remind you that uh, today is the start of Advent uh, 2020. So, the Advent season. Advent simply means anticipation. And the first candle of Advent that's lit on the first Sunday of Advent is the candle of anticipation. Anticipating. more of the Lord, anticipating the return of Jesus, anticipating God's renewal. So it just fits so well with this idea of being, being grateful in the present for what God is doing right now. We anticipate his return. And so um, maybe at your home, you can do this later on this evening or tonight. You can grab a candle and you can light it. And this is the start of Advent for us here at Cornerstone. We're looking forward to the next month with you. And uh, as we anticipate and think about the Lord's return, have a great Sunday.